Welcome to SBO Perspectives, the pulse of school business. And the official podcast of ASBO International. The official, the aficionado, yes. And so I am Dr. Jack R. Mitchell here along with the esteemed... John Bricado. That's right, John Bricado. We are two seasoned SBOs and every week uh, we enjoy what we do. Beside our, our main job, of course. Right. <laughs> um, this is a little more fun, right? Absolutely. But, um, you know, this is a very pertinent episode and John will go into why. Um, and I think that everyone who listens to this, you'll be very well served uh, in doing so. Yeah, we try to time these episodes as best we can, just given the nature of our work. And I think we really nailed it today. We have uh, a conversation around GASB 96 and we have a few auditors and an individual from a software company that is really focusing on the requirements for GASB 96. So today, all three of them dive into what the requirements are, what we need to get ready for. And we realize this is a huge lift compared to GASB 87. Huge. So, yeah, what much, more than, <laughs> much huge. more than we had thought. So <laughs> we're hoping with this, uh, you'll better be better prepared for what's to come. So we hope you enjoy our conversation on GASB 96. Today on the podcast, we have quite the group. We have Brian Peterson, and Melissa Zott from uh, PKF O'Connor Davies, and a newcomer to SBO Perspective, Casey Harris from Debtbook. Welcome, everyone. We're happy to have you. Welcome. Welcome. Thank happy you. to be here. It's great. Like I was saying earlier, right before we got started here, that it just seems like yesterday we just did a Gatsby. And I mean, we were talking about how many there were and how many it's supposed to be, and here we are again. But um, here it never you. ends, you know? Yes. <laughs> and this is like our own holiday party, right? So, <laughs> no. yeah, we know how to have a good time talking about Gatsby 96. <laughs> ho, 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 right? Um, and it's, material. Yeah. It's very nice to meet you as well, Casey. So, um, getting into it, I guess the best way to do this, as you always do, is if each one maybe could just take a moment, uh, you know, briefly just introduce yourself and, and, you know, whatever your expertise in the industry, just so our folks, our listeners, our SBOs out there um, can really get in a sense of, of who you are. Yeah, Casey, maybe we'll kick it off with you since you're the newbie here on the, on the SBO Perspectives podcast. Of course. So I am VP of Accounting Product and Enablement at DebtBook, which is a very long name to say that we are the accounting brain of the company. Um, so I started my career working through college, doing staff accounting positions. And then when I graduated, I went to public accounting for a national firm and primarily audited state and local governments for six years. Um, and then I got this opportunity at DebtBook. And since I've been at DebtBook for the last two years, I helped to build the lease platform and mm. the subscriptions platform, which we are actually launching internally this week. Oh, awesome. perfect timing. Mm-hmm, perfect timing. <laughs> Can't call it better than this. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> and Brian, why don't you re- remind our listeners? Yeah, I'm a partner with PKF O'Connor Davies, specializing in the municipal audit and accounting consulting services. I've uh, been doing municipal audits and, and consulting for about 17 years now. Um, obviously, yeah, we have my partner here, Melissa Zott, who I also work with out of our Harrison office. Yeah, so my name is Melissa Zott. I'm actually coming up to my one-year anniversary of being made partner with the firm uh, with PKF O'Connor Davies. So very excited about that. Congratulations. Congratulations Thank again. You. Thank you. Um, I have almost 16 years of experience auditing local governments, including school districts. I'm a part of two committees with the New York State Society of CPAs, the Governmental Accounting and Auditing Committee with Brian, and the Public School Committee. Um, I do also volunteer my time as a reviewer of the annual Comprehensive Financial Reports, 
for the National GFOA, and I'm also a treasurer and a board member of a Westchester-based nonprofit that advocates against domestic violence. Um, and recently, I'm one of the 15 accounting professionals under the age of 40 in the state of New York to be named part of the 2022 Emerging Leader class. So, very exciting. And, and congratulations on that. I saw that, I think, on thank LinkedIn you. the other yes, day. So, that's you. awesome. What an honor. What an thank honor. you so much. So, thank you all for being here today. You know, uh, we try to be as timely as possible with these issues that come up for school business officials across the country, across the world. Uh, but specifically today, we're talking about GASME 96. And previous to today's episode, we had some of you on to talk about GASB 87. Now, there are some similar similarities, there are some differences, but in preparation for GASB 96, before we kind of dive into it, uh, can you give us kind of a brief overview of what it is and how it's both similar and different to GASB 87? And whoever wants to jump in, uh, feel free. Sure. I think it's important to just summarize really quickly on what GASB 87 did, just very brief. So GASB 87, as we last discussed, was applicable towards leases that convey control of the right to use another entity's non-financial asset. For example, if you had a lease to operate a building. For a lessee, GASB 87 essentially required the governmental entities to record a lease liability for that lease and then a corresponding intangible asset, which was part of your capital assets, uh, for the right to use a lease asset. So GASB 96 essentially applies similar requirements as GASB 87, but just towards a different subject matter. So instead of leases, GASB 96 details how to handle subscription-based information technology arrangements or SPIDAs. So what is a SPIDA? A SPIDA is a contract that conveys control of the right to use another party's IT software for a specific specified period of time. So this could be the use of the software alone, or it could be the use of the software in combination with a tangible capital asset like, like a computer. Uh, you'll need to go through the same type of analysis with your contract with these vendors as you did with GASB 87. And this analysis would include the subscription term, not only Compromise it, uh, comprises of the period where a government has a non-cancelable right to use the underlying asset or software, but it really should also include any options to extend the contract if that extension is, is reasonably certain to be exercised. Um, also in the analysis, you want to include the payments to be made, whether these are variable payments or fixed payments, and then any penalties for terminating the contract or any other payments required to be made. Mm. After the implementation of GASB 96, governments will now be reporting a lease liability and then a corresponding subscription asset. So again, very similar to GASB 87. Uh, the subscription liability reported should be measured at the present value of the subscription payments expected to be made during the subscription term. And then the subscription asset on the flip side should be measured as the sum of the initial measurement of that subscription liability plus any payments made to the SPIDA vendor at the commencement of the term, any implementation costs that were incurred should be added to that. And then you'll just want to subtract out any vendor incentives. So that's how you would calculate out your asset piece. 
So, uh, Melissa, um, that sounds really complicated. And yes. I wanted to know, <laughs> heavy <laughs> the Sorry, understatement was, of the year. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, but I it's know. important. It's, it's important <laughs> because I'm wondering, have districts having gone through the GASB 87 process, do, do you feel that districts are better equipped to handle GASB 96 having gone through GASB 87? Or is it just totally different? It just both happens to be with kind of borrowed leased payments, kind of something like that. I think going through the analysis, you know, gathering all of your contracts, getting them together, seeing what's material, what's not material, you definitely would be equipped to do that. I think it depends on if you implemented or used a, a third-party software vendor. If you did that, then I would say definitely utilize that again. And I don't know, if Casey, if you want to speak towards what, what that would entail. Yeah, absolutely. So I know for most of our clients at DebtBook, we have the lease platform and they used us for that. And it really helped them create all those schedules that are going to be really tough to like start and then continue to update and correct as they go along. Um, It gave them those initial schedules. It gave them journal entries to use. It gave them those note disclosures. And so they really want to use one platform for 96 as well. So they're not having to switch back and forth between softwares and vendors. And so like I mentioned, yeah, yeah, like I mentioned, we're launching internally um, this week and then externally in the next few weeks, our subscription platforms that they're able to use Debtbook as an example. There are other vendors as well. But in in my particular case with Debtbook, they'll be able to use both parts of the platform. And so it really allows them to kind of do that upfront gathering of documents, but then we're able to help them do some of that upfront data entry that's really time consuming, creation of schedules and journal entries and things like that to really get them started. And that implementation process is really going to be very similar for them as it was for leases. Obviously, sooner the better um, is going to be the is going to be Absolutely. the theme. I think because uh, yeah. we had we had a lot of folks that um, I think waited very long, thinking they could do it themselves, or thinking that mm. um, implementation wouldn't take that much time, and they found that it really did. And I know for school districts in particular, ninety six I think is going to be a pretty big deal for them. So. Mm. Yeah, Casey, you bring up a good point. I think a yes. lot of districts, especially, you know, and just based on our conversation in the last episode and just talking to our counterparts, a lot of districts, I think, did wait too long and mm-hmm. thought that it was going to be much more straightforward than it actually was. Um, right. and, and Brian, I saw uh, a couple reactions over there when I was talking about 96. And any other thoughts before we move off of this specifically? Yeah, well, I mean, my my view is more, it, this is definitely going to be more difficult to implement than I think 87. Even though it's very similar, the data mm. collection is going to take more time. And okay. I think that's very important for um, the, the business officials to be getting in touch with their lead IT individuals and, and really specifying the details of all these contracts that they need to get. We don't want the IT people, oh, no, 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 you don't need that one. That one doesn't qualify. That we, want, we want all that information to come to the business official's office and, you know, and that being vetted either by the software company, whether or not it qualifies or not, or at least somebody with a more of an accounting background. Um, so really, it's just there's, it's, not, it's not the known that's the issue, right? It's the unknown. It's all those mm. other softwares that are out there that you know, they might assume don't qualify you know, for 96, but ultimately do. 
And uh, mm-hmm. I think okay. that's going to be the biggest risk we got coming up for this year. So, so circling back real quick, you know, to the uh, Sibita. I wish it was a little bit easier than Sibita. I wish it was like Sibita. Yeah, too many consonants. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> the subscription-based information technology arrangement. All right, wow, mouthful. Yeah, I was so going to say, say that five times fast. <laughs> right? Maybe, maybe if you guys could, I guess, give us some examples of software of districts that, you know, we're qualified so they can keep an eye on it. Um, and maybe how to, like, let's say, cloud-based subscriptions, how they might factor into this Gadget 97, because, you know, I'm, I'm ready to call a debt book tomorrow right now, because I, it sounds like <laughs> this is going to be a huge, this is a huge behemoth, that this is an undertaking that there's no way, and you got to get on it early, right? But mm-hmm. just so on, you know, on the surface, I guess for our listeners to know, you know, again, some examples and, and cloud-based subscriptions, how does this, how's this fall into the submitted space? Yeah, great question. So I will say that I think a lot of school districts and just agencies in general that are going to have to implement GASB 96, they think immediately, oh, my ERP system, the end, or my ERP mm-hmm. system, maybe Microsoft Office, maybe some budget software. Like they think of those things that are really common to them that they use mm-hmm. every day, that kind of stuff. It's going to be much more significant than that for most wow. districts, I think. So, for example, learning platforms. How many learning platforms oh, do these yeah. districts probably have right. that they're using right, right. to educate students? And all of those learning platforms they likely have contracts for that are going to qualify as Sabitas. And they also have um, GASB 96 covers not just software as a service, but it also covers platforms as a service. It also covers infrastructure as a service. So you might have certain infrastructure items, servers and things like that, that you're going to have to consider those subscriptions to those things. Platforms, like maybe if they run a website, for example, Mm, and use a platform to run that website and they subscribe to that platform, all of those things are going to qualify. So I think (laughs) the base of like what this standard has and is going to require is going to be pretty significant for districts. And I don't think it's quite as understood as leases. I think leases were more a house, like I know Brian mentioned earlier, talking to IT folks, like leases were mostly housed in accounting. So as finance professionals, we're like, okay, well, I understand what's what's going sure. on here. Information, yeah. the information technology is a whole different ballgame. That's in the world, so, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, Universe. you have to like, <laughs> right, exactly. And so you have to go to those mm-hmm. IT folks in your district and really pull out all of the potential contracts that, that might apply. And I think okay. it's going to cover a lot more. So yeah, as we stated earlier, you know, as Melissa was kind of going through the structure of GASB 96, it's obviously complicated, but how are districts going to approach how to discern versus what qualifies under GASB 96 and, and what doesn't? And, and maybe, Casey, you could kick it off. I mean, I know with that book specifically, it's a software designed to assist with that, but there needs to be some kind of interpretation, I would guess, outside of software as well to really understand what qualifies under GASB 96 and what does not because technology directors may not necessarily have that GASB lens and school business officials don't always necessarily have a tech lens. So how do you merge those two together under 96? I know Brian mentioned it earlier, talk to your IT folks early and often. Mm -hmm. Talk to them, ask them questions, have them give you everything that they have. Don't just assume that they can discern one way or the other. I know for us at DebtBook, we are getting that question constantly. So we are constantly trying to churn out content to assist with that. But I think primarily you want to focus on those initial things that you know for sure. Get those 
combined all of your software mm-hmm. as a service agreements and then work with those IT folks in your district so that they can start funneling you all of the potential contracts that Got might it. meet the standard. So quick question then. Um, once you get all that, how are you going to really you know, utilize software, I guess, or whatever to just ensure that your reporting is accurate and it's timely? Yeah. So for us, we have a pretty significant data team that helps with that upfront extraction led by accountants. And so okay. we can assist with that. Um, but mostly what we do is we give our clients like that initial understanding of, okay, what might qualify, what might not. So if you have a perpetual license, it's not going to qualify. And we'll communicate that to you and why we're right. excluding it from your profile. Um, Mm -hmm. And then providing them with like follow-up questions and things like that to really get to the root of what might be in these agreements to try and help them understand like why are we classifying things in different ways so they can review properly and approve those within within the software. Um, And I know some other vendors um, don't necessarily do that upfront data extraction, but do provide like various content on what do you need to consider? What can you exclude? What qualifies as short-term versus... Versus an actual Savita. That's helpful. And now, as an auditor, and that's key because mm-hmm. one of our tests, obviously, is you know we have to ensure completeness of the sample to make sure, sure. that you mm-hmm. guys did pick up and and assess all contracts at the district. So you know whether you know if there's anything that has the slightest little question mark or you know it doesn't qualify, it's still nice to kind of put it through the program just to identify Got that it. nope, this is this one does not qualify, and this is the reason why. You know, um, because we're going to come through and we're going to want to make sure that, you know, you did assess those, uh, mm-hmm. all those, all those different contracts. Sure. And I'm wondering too, just from an auditing standpoint, a firm like PKF O'Connor Davies, when, when you saw something like Gatsby 96 come down the pike, was there like a big collective eye roll at the firm saying, here we go, like this is something we have to now implement? I mean, where do you stand in terms of like having to get <laughs> trained and roll. familiarize yourself? <laughs> I, I, mean, if, if, I will say it's like it's tough for school business officials to be in compliance with all that we're responsible for. But I can only imagine from an auditing standpoint, like are you learning as you go? I mean, is there a lot that you have to do internally from the firm to prepare for something like this? Yeah, we do. We do in-house trainings um, as well. You know, um, we'll partner with other software companies like DebtBook to kind of do a training in-house to make sure that our accounting staff are all up to speed. Um, and you know, it's it, it is, and we'll go through our quality control to make sure that our testing of the of the new Gatsby, you know, is sufficient. But you know, we've been adopting new Gatsby's now for the last decade. I mean, they just don't stop. So we we we've been you know, pretty accustomed to, you know, the adoption of, of new Gatsby's as well as, you know, 87 obviously just passed. So it's going to be kind of similar there. But again, it, this one I think is going to be a little bit more difficult, a little bit more riskier because, again, those contracts are going through the ID department, not the not the finance department like the leases were. So I think there's going to be a little bit more work that has to be done. And we try to also provide some thought leadership out to our clients as well. So whenever a new Gatsby comes out, we try to, you know, analyze it, figure out what's important, and then publish some articles that we can to provide some information uh, to our clients and non-clients. It's going to be tough because I know some districts, for for instance, they don't even have an IT department, you know? Um, They might have somebody they outsource to help with technology, but this is a big behemoth here. Yeah, Um, it's going to be a collective effort. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the last time we spoke about 
with Gatsby 87, I, you know, one of our questions was, you know, why, why is all this coming out from Gatsby? What, what's the point of all this? And with, with Gatsby 96, I just, I, I pulled a quote from their site really explaining what it's about and why they're implementing it. So I just want to read that quick and just kind of get your thoughts on, on, on their take. So, you know, Gatsby states that the Gatsby board believes that the expected benefits that will result from the information provided through implementation of this statement, more consistent accounting and financial reporting, and more comparable information about Sabitas are significant and justify the perceived cost of implementation and ongoing compliance. So the way I'm reading that is Gatsby knows this is going to be a heavy lift. They know this is added cost and you know, we like to use the term unfunded mandate, I suppose, but they know that mm. there's going to be significant work on the behalf of the district and the auditing firm. So just from your standpoint, are you finding that all of this added work is, is worth it? Is it providing that clarity to you know, communities, to taxpayers, or do you feel maybe it's just kind of com- overcomplicating things that you know, we're having to report on? Well, I mean, in reality, it depends on who you ask. Right. If you ask the community, if you ask the school district, if you ask the board, you know, this is just a waste of time. You know, this is, you know, again, an unfunded, you know, mandate. But if you ask the bond buyers, you know, that's a different, that's a different question because like, you know, in reality, and this is why it's getting pushed out is they're trying to make your financial statements more uniform compared to the people that buy the buildings, buy the software, capitalize them, right, and depreciate them compared to those that lease them. So they're trying to get a uniform set of, you know, balance sheet and, and statement in that position that's comparable uh, between entities that lease compared to buy. And and ultimately that's that's the goal. You know, so for the for the bond buyers, yes, it's it's more uh, informative. Uh, I think for uh, for us, you know, and ultimately the community and the you know and the districts, not so much. So really, it depends on who you ask. That's a, that's a really good point, and I think we need to keep that in our perspective as well, because usually our audience are our taxpayers and you know our community. But just as importantly, when we go to borrow and mm-hmm. borrow funds to fund capital projects and things like that. Um, our financial health is important and our balance sheet is important. So thank you, Brian, for offering that perspective because I think we get, you know, I do get mired down and why are we even having to do this? Like nobody, nobody cares. Nobody's reading it. It's a bigger picture. That was good. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It's nice. Well, listen, this has been awesome. I mean, we can go on a long time, I'm sure, even longer. (laughs) And I'm sure we'll probably be doing another Gatsby in a few months. Uh, But, (laughs) you know, with every guest who's on here, we always really offer that opportunity, right? Uh, to just impart some advice onto our listenership. So I guess for our SPL listeners, we go around maybe we'll start with Casey and and, and listen, right? You know, anybody new or veteran to the field, what kind of advice would you offer them? Yeah, if you're if you're a listener who is new to the field and didn't go through GASB 87 implementation, then you're in for a treat. <laughs> wow, for real. Uh, if you did I'm go sorry. through, <laughs> yeah, if you did end Sheesh. up going through GASB 87 implementation, then 
I'm sure your takeaway is, is very similar. As Casey mentioned, start early. Start as early as you can. Uh, get with your IT department. If you don't have something uh, already, make sure that they list out all of the subscriptions or cloud-based softwares that your school district utilizes. And then go through that, get all the contracts. Um, Casey, Brian, I don't know if you have anything else to add. I would just say, I know for, you know, coming from the software side of things, we had clients that were 630 year and clients buying in October for leases. And I say that because they tried to do it on their own or they thought they'd have time to do it on their own and they really didn't. Um, and so hopefully that's a learning experience, but that's a learning experience, like Melissa mentioned, for those that actually went through it already. I think it's really important to note, like, consider not only is 96 probably going to be larger, more significant, especially for districts, but you don't want to wait until the last minute and have to rush through an implementation versus like determining ahead of time if you need some type of software to help you or if you're just going to handle it on your own. I think sometimes it becomes a much bigger thing than they expect. Great. I, I would just like to add the fact that, um, you know, utilizing these softwares has been a godsend. You know, they've been you know, formatted correctly. They've been, you know, they spit out, like you said, the entries, the the notes, the financial statements, those types of things. So make sure, you know, you budget for that in the upcoming year as well. Um, but also, you know, contract with them, you know, again, a, as soon as possible. I mean, you know, this is going to make a lot of people's lives a little bit difficult. You know, it, a year in close is difficult enough. And then to, to have to Sorry. add the fact that you have to implement this as well. It's just going to add that additional stress. I mean, we have budget season coming up, right? And yep. in you know March, April, May. So if you don't tackle this before then, you're not going to tackle it until the end of May, and then there you're only going to have a month left to implement. So mm. you know, give yourself the time. Um, make sure you you get this uh, rolling as, as quickly as possible. Um, that's it. Great. Well. Brian, Casey, Melissa, thank you all for spending time with us and, and just kind of walking through this. I know districts, as Melissa said, are really in for a treat. So we, uh, we know this will be informative for all those that tune in. So uh, thank you again uh, for joining us today. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. Thank you again for tuning in today to SBO Perspectives and our conversation on GASB 96. Really informative and really complicated. So I hope everybody gets a Super complicated, start. for yeah. sure. Um, software, oh my gosh. I mean, that's a whole nother wheelhouse. And mm -hmm. I mean, just to think all of the intricacies that they stated, you need to start now. So hopefully yeah. uh, folks... Like you said, you know, it is budget season, you'll swing through it. Next thing you know, it's the end of the year. Right. You haven't implemented what you needed to. But um, you know what I, I really enjoyed about this podcast uh, episode is that he broke down the why, right? Right. You we were kind of like, oh, getting all perturbed, another Gatsby. Yeah, oh, we get wrapped you know, up in why we have to do this, you know. But the bond aspect, it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. You know, so um for those of you who listen to this, we hope you enjoy. We hope you definitely get much you can from it, right? The information is valuable and the resources too. So we can right. reach out. Uh, so folks, um, we're in the holiday season. We hope you're enjoying it. And uh we hope you enjoy this episode as well. Yeah. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next week.